Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Willet Bourbon. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Not much to complain about right now. How I'm about sure you? I'm good. I'm sure you are excited, as uh, as am I, for this uh, week's episode of the podcast. Uh, we're going over Willet Bourbon, and uh, Willet is one we've been excited for for a while. Yeah. We actually got our hands on this bottle not too long ago. Andy, why don't you go ahead and pour us up a glass of the Willet Bourbon? Of course. Uh, I would say uh, all of you out there who are listening, make sure you pour yourself a glass of well pop the bottle, pour out this long, long ass neck of this, of this bourbon, yeah. bourbon bottle. And, um, yeah, pour yourself a glass. Uh, if you don't have Willet, I know it can be somewhat difficult to find. Uh, just make sure you're drinking along with something tasty and, and, uh, alcoholic that you love. And, um, we'll get this party started. Um, you know, honestly, we secured this bottle a few weeks back. We just kind of been waiting and, uh, you know, we've been really excited about it. And, um, I know Andy especially is ready to get going. Oh, yeah. So why don't we just, without further ado, dive right on in. Andy, tell the folks everything they need to know about Willet Bourbon. Yeah. So Willet Bourbon, the Willet as we know it today started in about 08, which is about the second youngest brand outside of New Rift that we discussed last week. Uh, that we've discussed on the podcast. However, overall, it's about 100 years old, going back. I uh, had to cut you off there real quick. I, we forgot to do something. Yeah, there. something very important. Cheers. Salute. Mm. Mm, okay. That's good. Unique. Very unique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Alrighty. very unique. So, um, will it, like I said, it's been in production since about 2008 as at least as we know it however it's been the family or families involved have been involved since about 1930s right after prohibition so the well three years after the repeal of prohibition yeah yeah like right after three years right after prohibition they uh actually started distilling in bardstown kentucky so the Willett family, originally this brand was founded by Aloysius Lambert Thompson Willett. Uh, he went by Thompson Willett, which Thompson was his mother's maiden name. But, fa- you know, he founded the brand in 1936 and started distilling that year, which was, you know, three years after Prohibition ended and when the 21st Amendment was signed into law. Uh, you know, so they started distilling around then and started barreling and aging their whiskeys around 1937 actually on St. Patrick's Day Ooh. that year. Alrighty, lad. Yeah, so, you know, very very traditional if you will, kind of painting back to an Irish, which is another famous or historical whiskey aging and distilling country you know you're like they're like you know when people like to get drunk saint patty's day let's start yeah, let's, let's start just distilling on saint patty's <laughs> yeah. day so exactly <laughs> nothing wrong with that so they have a history with actually distilling and they they're actually if i'm correct in saying their warehouse or their aging warehouse a while it's been refurbished over the years is actually the still still the same warehouse that they've been aging their bourbons in 
since 1936, 1937. Wow. And that's when, right there in Bardstown, Kentucky, right? Yep. Right there in Bardstown, Kentucky. They uh, founded the company there. Uh, they have a bit of a history farming, doing other things like that prior to actually distilling any bourbons or anything like that. But the distillery itself, you're, you are correct, was founded in Bardstown. And that's where the current distillery, if I remember correctly, is still in. Um, and they definitely had a checkered past over the years. Prior to that, or kind of after that distilling in 1937 and um, the aging there, they you know, were still distilling for a few years. And then after that, they kind of turned into a few years of um, just aging barrels or bought being a primarily bottling company bourbon bottling company for other distillers in the area um of course one of the big ones that they're famed for is uh developing johnny drum bourbon in the 60s but up 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 until about the 90s or early 2000s at least was johnny drum and then, like I said, in the 90s and early 2000s, um, they actually, following kind of Jim Beam and the whole small batch distilling craze, they actually founded a few other uh, small batch and boutique bourbons on their own as well. Some of which are actually very, very famous. Rowan's Creek, or Creek, Noah's Mill, two of which I've had both of which I've had actually are very, very good. And in pure Kentucky and Kentucky vintage, I think all four actually are still going. Um, but like I said, the Rowan's Creek and Noah's mill are the only two I've seen so far on the shelves or at least paid attention for. Okay. And then during that time, of course, between about the eighties to early two thousands, um, the Coltsvine family, I think that's how you say it. Ended Your guess up, is as good as mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ended up kind of marrying into the Willett family there. And I think it, marrying in at least. And assumed leadership roles within the company. They've had a few different Coltsvine family members in the actual distillery production and management process of the distillery there and of course during that time even though that family was entering into this the distilling and everything that's a little bit less when they were known for distilling and more known for their bottling uh for other distilleries process for the company and for other distilleries and like I said earlier, about 2008 is when uh, they kind of went through or left the rough patch of distilling for the family and distillery and became what we now know as Willet Bourbon and Willet Distillery. Uh, because during this time, they, and during 2008, they actually ended up creating Willet Family Estate Bottled Bourbon and their pot still reserve bourbon and bottled rye. 
and that's when all those were actually introduced. That's really when they took off as an actual distiller where they're producing top level bourbon, rye, pot still bourbon. As I know, as as far as I could find in research and everything, and as far as we know it, yes, right. exactly. Um, Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And then, of course, they, three years later, end up renovating the historic Warehouse A, which was, you know, going back 70, 80-ish years. Um, you know, they renovate it and continue to warehouse and age all their bourbons around that time in that space. And then they end up opening their new visitor center, uh, at least as I could find in research and on their website, uh, their new visitor center, uh, opening that there. And so it's kind of a young brand there. And 2012, about a year later, roughly, uh, after several different years of just renovating everything from renovating Warehouse A, which is a historic aging warehouse for them. To open a new visitor center. Yeah, to opening the new visitor center and just everything else. They have finally kind of renovated everything in 2012 and start up actually distilling in everything about in late January of 2012. They ended up actually starting to distill and barrel their new... Uh, bourbons that they've created under the Colzine family and everything. I absolutely love the new updates to the distillery. Um, it's very much, it has, you know, you know, I was looking at the distillery here. It, it has kind of, it really much has like an old Western, like a throwback to old Westerns, like an old Western vibe. Yeah. As far as the actual aesthetics of the distillery, like you're in a barn, you're in Kentucky, but it, they almost made it look like a deserty Western type look. It's almost like they they wish they were out in like Arizona or New Mexico or Colorado or something like that. It's very very you know it gives me like a high west vibe kind yeah, of. Yeah, I it, I actually was just about to say. Which of course it's very very unique to uh, not just to distilleries in general, but especially to Kentucky distilleries to have that kind of vibe that they're giving off. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. That's something that, especially like you said, with most Kentucky based distilleries, is something that is not all that common to create a quote-unquote western vibe uh, right you know of course we know two three hundred years ago kentucky was considered maybe western united states but you know modern days isn't really western <laughs> um right, you know but they exactly but they definitely try to sit here and continue that western-ish vibe to the distillery with their modern with a modern take to it, if you will. Love it. What have they done in some of their recent, more more recent years? Um, a lot of the recent stuff is, you know, sitting there releasing a lot younger of products. You know, they've created a couple younger, uh, four year bottled bourbon, two year rye, <clears throat> um, both of which were released off their, at the time at least, their new, uh, pot still copper pot still right which for something what well for bourbon is not something outside of maybe woodford reserve as far as i know 
is not a still that is commonly used in bourbon production. It's not very common at all. Yeah, I mean, most copper pot stills are used in Irish or Scotch distilling. Um, but not so much in bourbon distilling. So this is, I think this is, as far as I know, the first pot still bourbon. I could be entirely wrong on it, but as far as I can find in research, this is the first pot still bourbon. And of course, in 2017, they ended up celebrating on St. Patrick's Day, their 80th year of operations in some various shape or form. Uh, and between both prior operations and current operations, they've barreled about 125,000, 150,000 ish barrels of bourbon. Uh, 25, at least as of that time, about 25 to 50,000 barrels of Willet bourbon, probably at this point now. Uh, worth of bourbon in the modern age, so 125 to 150 thousand ish barrels in total. What is the gotcha? What is the uh, what does the mash bill look like for Willet pot yeah. st- pot still reserve bourbon? And I guess all and all of course yeah. all their bourbons. Yeah, yeah, of course. So they have four different uh, mash bills for their regular bourbon and two for the rise that they offer. All of the them being uh, barreled at about 107. To 125 proof, depending on which one you're talking about. Um, but the four bourbons are anywhere between about 52 to 79% corn, anywhere between 7 to 38% rye, and 10 to 15% malted barley for the bourbon mash bill recipes there. And then for their rye recipes, of which they have a couple different bottlings they have anywhere between 11 to 15 percent corn 51 or 74 percent rye and then 15 to 34 percent barley in there for the rye recipes there and all those end up resulting in several different products that they offer there of course the one that we're tasting today is the willet pot still reserve which is bottled at 94 proof or 47% ABV. Mm-hmm. And then they also have their family estate bottled bourbon, their four-year rye, the Johnny Drum private stock, the Johnny Drum black label, both of which were very early on in their history. And I think originally bottled only for California, but I think at least domestically in the U.S. widely available now. And then their old Bardstown bottled and bond, their old Bardstown Estate bottled and their 90 proof there, as well as their uh, small batch bourbons that they were offering now. As I said earlier, the Noah's Mill and Rowan Squeak Creek, as well as the Pure Kentucky and Kentucky Vintage. Now, I've had the Rowan's Creek and Noah's Mill, both of which are very, very good, but almost, I would say, their standard fare from Willet is almost better, I would argue. Than those small batch offerings. Well, there you go. This is the only one from them I've tried, so I'll just have to take your word for it at this point. We'll, yeah, we'll lock down a couple other of, the, of these bourbons in the future, and we'll do some specific specialty shows for them. 
Uh, yeah, of course. But right At now, some of point, course, yeah. we're going to focus on the 94 proof Willet Pot Still Reserve, of course, which is what we're doing our tasting yeah. on. And of course, first off, before we get to the actual tasting, I think we got to comment on probably one of the most, in terms of shape at least, one of the most iconic bottles. Absolutely. In bourbon history. People want Willet just because of the look of the bottle. Yeah. Which, is, of course, is not why you should want bourbon, but. It is extremely unique, and it makes sense that it really stands out to people. That catches everyone's eyes. Oh, my God, what is that? So then it's like yeah. the bottle where everyone, even people who don't know bourbon, even people who don't know who will it, they describe, oh, what's that bourbon? And they'll describe yeah. the bottle to you. It's that well-known as far as it's recognizable, uh, the recognizable nature of the actual bottle itself. Yeah, no, no, you're definitely right on that. And this is something that if anyone has not seen the – uh, Will it Postel Reserve bottle? Literally, to my understanding, looking at their website and everything, they actually designed this to look as close as you possibly can with a glass bottle. To for that's designed for bourbon at least to look like a pot still, right? Which is of course what this bourbon is distilled off of, right? Very very unique, very cool. Yeah, I uh, mean, edge to their uh, yeah to their bourbon. It looks. So so amazing it's so good i mean it's it's just it's good and of course the that quote unquote for this bottle copper color comes from the bourbon of course all right andy anything else you want to tell the folks about will before we jump on into the tasting other than that it's amazing and that if you can find a bottle of it try and find it and at least in cincinnati here um you know, I can find it for about 45 50 bucks here. Um, that's what I actually got mine at was about 50 bucks, closer to the $50 range. And I know... Where did you get yours? I got mine at Party Source. Gotcha. Uh, in Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Which we discussed kind of last week with yeah. uh, New Riff. Absolutely. And I'm sure we've, we've... And I know we've discussed Party Source multiple times yeah. throughout the series. Yeah. That's our favorite story, I think. Yeah, it's very well known. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that's a story... At least in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, you can pretty much find almost anything on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But they'll have, you know, they that's where I found mine. They had it about 47 48 bucks for the bottle I bought. Uh, and as far as I've been able to find in the Midwest here, that's pretty much standard fare in terms of price range. Yep, absolutely. All right, folks, go ahead, pour yourself a glass of <laughs> of the Willet Pot Still Reserve Bourbon and join us in our Distilled Discussions official tasting. All right, folks, let's go ahead and, like I said, jump right on in to the tasting here of Willet. Uh, and as always, naturally, we're going to start with the nose. Mm, I'm getting a lot of dark cherry. I get a bit of dark cherry. I kind of get a, like a shiny penny metallic smell on there a little bit. I get a citrusy oak kind of mesh there. Yeah. Kind of smells a bit like cut grass to I'm me. Getting, I'm getting a little bit of honey as well. Yeah. I, I can see that. It, it, it's something that for for most bourbons provides a little bit more effervescent flavor there. Yeah. Than I can smell. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. It, it, it has a, a lingering bit of flavor. It lingers yeah. in the nose. It sticks with you for a little while. Exactly. And that's something off, you know, pretty much 
pot still as opposed to most bourbons, which are column still, yeah. you'll be able to get because pot stills can give a little bit just because of how just science, um, for lack of better phrasing there, um, they can provide a little bit more, at least aromatic flavor yeah. to the pro- end product. We, I got a little bit of, I got a lot of butteriness last week when we did some of the new riff tastes. Uh, tastings. I, I'm getting a little bit of butteriness on this nose, as on the nose at least, as well. Yeah, so, some butteriness, but like light butteriness, oh, not very, like the very light, not like the new riff. Butter. Yeah, not like a exactly, not like the new riff where we got some of that. To me, at least, more cooked butteriness or right, like right. browned butteriness. All right, folks, let's jump right on into the palate. Mm, okay. Ooh. What do you think, Andy? I like it. What are some of the flavors? And what are you what are you picking up right now? It to me, again, I get some of those fruity notes. I get kind of a little bit of a floral note. I get a zesty citrus type fruit. Yeah. I get that. I don't. I, I, there was a lot of dark. Like I said, I lose. I got a lot of cherry in the nose. You know, a little bit of orange. I'm getting. It's like the opposite in the palate. It's like yeah. a lot of orangey zestiness. With a little bit of cherry finish. Yeah, I kind of get a little bit of a darker note on the nose, lighter note right. on the palate absolutely. for me. Absolutely, personally. Yeah, and I'm with you there. right there. I am getting some of the I, the honey, the buttery honeyness, that sweetness. I am getting a lot of that up front, exactly. especially caramely type type yeah. mix there. I, I gotta say, it's very unique and it's really interesting, and, and I love the bottle for sure. Oh, yeah. Not one of my favorites though. I'm not crazy about it, especially for the price point. Especially for the, the how the rarity and how difficult it is to lock yeah. one down, I'm I'm not I'm not super I'm not super impressed. I know we we differ on this, um, which of course is totally fine. It's just whatever reason it is. I think maybe it's the pot still uh, ness of it. I'm not a big. I used to be really into scotch and Irish whiskey. Yeah. Not anymore. I'm much more into bourbons, and I've really faded away. And, well, I turned and you on to that. I've, uh, you you really have turned me on to it, and. Honestly, I'm more into the bourbon, and I have honestly faded scotch a little bit. And because it has more of that connection to the scotch roots and, and, and that scotch uh, distilla- distillation process, for, for whatever reason, I think it slightly turns me off a little bit. Not to say oh. that it's not a good whiskey. It's just not, at this price point, what I would want to go after. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, price point maybe is a bit overpriced. Um, that's because the bottle people yeah. love the, the rarity they love I mean, the, definitely the, they love the uniqueness of the bottle which I get I mean I would buy one of, I would buy one of these even though it's not something I'm crazy about because I want to have it but it's still yeah. when it comes down to taste I just don't think it stands up to some of its competitors no from a bourbon perspective I definitely agree with you I think it's one that frankly put it's good but at the price point comparative to other bourbons in that category based on price at least could do better with that being said what i would argue for this bourbon for Willet, at least at least the pot still reserve it is a good introduction into maybe what irish whiskey could be yeah like good irish good crossover uh, yeah, transitional bourbon if you're really yeah. trying to get into the scotch the irish whiskey yeah absolutely yeah i i, I, I 
And so, so we've had another, this is like our, probably our second or maybe even our strongest option of that. I, we had a bourbon we did earlier in the, in the, in the show, in the podcast. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was a really good crossover version. Yeah. And I can't remember. Uh, I, I can't, I'd have to go back and look. I'm taking, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on which one uh, that was, but this is probably our second or our most uh, relevant bourbon when it comes to crossover appeal. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And this is, this is the only one, I think, as I said earlier in the show, um, this is the only one outside of maybe Woodford Reserve in the bourbon game that I know of that uses pot stills in their production. Uh, now, Woodford Reserve, of course, starts off, if I remember correctly, starts off with a column still and then ends up with, I think they do their first run on column stills and then they do a second and third run, possibly a third run, but for sure at least a second run on uh, pot stills. Gotcha. All right, Andy, is there anything else you want us to throw out there, say, mention about uh, Willet Bourbon? No. I mean, other than if you can find a bottle of it, I think it's at least worth a try. Absolutely. Um, if you can buy it, if you can find a bottle of it, yeah. I mean, and you can, you, should, it. you can afford it, you should buy yeah. it just because it's not easy to find. I'm just thinking as far as uh, taste goes, you should manage your expectations 100%. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's definitely one, at a minimum, if nothing else, is one that's definitely worth putting on your your shelf to sit there and impress guests. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, listen, and leave a review for every episode of Distilled Discussions and, of course, the podcast in general. We love your guys' support. Uh, The reviews really do help us. They help us kind of alter the show. They help us boost our ratings a little bit. Um, you know, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Uh, again, we really appreciate your support. We're trying to do big things here. Uh, we're hoping that we can maybe even transition this podcast into an actual distillery one day. Um, really, we, yeah, we got big things on the horizon, and, and we can't do any of it without your all support. So we really appreciate it. Have a great week, America. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.